I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Oh, thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Woo! Uh, yeah, wow. Uh, if anybody's keeping score at home, Gilead Watch is <laughs> DEFCON level. Uh, Yikes. Yeah, we're pretty, <laughs> we're getting into it. All these uh, quote-unquote heartbeat bills getting passed, making it virtually impossible for women to get abortions safely and legally. I know. I was so worried I had to get one on the way over here just yeah. to like preemptively. Yeah. Drive by a uterine scrape. Whew. Yeah. So yeah, uh, everybody just keep an eye on the news. These are all specifically designed to be taken to the very conservative Supreme Court. Oh, thank goodness. Good old Brett Kavanaugh uh, <laughs> is in there, not protecting our right to choose. Yikes, so, P-bikes. Yeah. Anyway, let's not dwell <laughs> because I've been real depressed about all this. You know what, baby? I was going to save this for a little while on, but let's get right to it. I got a great, great iTunes review that I'd like to read for you. Okay, uh, cool. Don't forget, guys, we still would like you to review it, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps a lot. And if only to brighten my day when I'm fooling around at work and procrastinating. We got one from user MKB47 in February. And uh, this person begins with talking about how they recommended our podcast on Reddit and then got some kind of negative feedback for doing so. Uh, but she concludes with saying she loves us. And this is the very specific things she wants to do with us. She goes, Kelly and Molly are hella cool. I want to drink diet ginger ale and eat nachos and consume a lot of bourbon with them. I want them to take me to get my ears pierced. If they told me to give Big Bang Theory another try, I'd consider it. Sure, they make jokes, but this world is garbage, and the world in the show is like radioactive garbage, and the jokes make everything less bleak. They don't have shrill voices. They just made the mistakes of being women on a podcast. They're funny and smart as heck, and they're all out of birth control. Thank you, MKB47. That was just super, super nice. We really did make the mistake of being two women on a podcast. <laughs> and I love diet ginger ale, so let's get into it. But actually, no, I take it back. I love full fat ginger ale, if I'm being real, real. You know there's no fat in ginger ale, right? Oh, I just put a stick of butter in ginger ale. Oh. I have like bulletproof ginger ale is what I is like. Is that what butter beer is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh I mean, genuinely, yes. Uh, uh, disgusting. So that was a sweet, sweet review. And I really appreciate that. As sweet as your noxious butter beer. Hell yeah. Also want to give a shout out. You can support us on Venmo to help Kelly recover from the tea she just spilled directly into her cleavage. Uh, uh, no, it just burned me. Okay. And that, it fell It fell somewhere. Well, she lost a nipple in the process. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're Venmo.com slash Red All Over. You can help us out on our show. And two people who helped us out recently are Dominic Montero. Hey, I flipped the Montero card. Guess what it says? You're awesome. And Elaine Gray. None of the skies are gray with you, baby. Thanks for supporting us. <laughs> And last round of shout outs. I posted on Facebook a while ago asking who wanted a shout out. That's facebook.com slash red all over. We have lively discussions. We have woke Bay Wednesdays and we have great fans such as these. I hope you're having a good day. Carla Grisbowski. Love ya. OG fan Crystal Hill Nanavati wants us to give a shout out to Girl Scout leaders. Hell yeah. I love my Girl Scout leader. Rochelle Anderson, you the real one. I also want to give a shout out. Teresa Mayer Weiler wants us to give a shout out to her BB Mars Weiler, who's been having a tough couple of months, but is way better now. Give a shout out to Eten. Foley, who says she's uh, watching Downton Abbey and working her way through Up Yours Downstairs. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Shout out to Kayla Belk Sargent, who is freaking hell bent that we call babies crotch fruits. So I will do it here in your mention and never again. Because <laughs> I don't, I think it's funny, but uh, it's I don't not. like when you tell me what to do. Shout out to Karen Mann, who's probably listening to this sitting in her recliner eating gummy worms. And shout out to Mary Galvan, who is just great. So thank you for supporting us. And uh, we love being part of your community. All right. Is that it? That's it. Have, Let's... We, have we done all the Martha work? Oh, yes. Now we can get into the Mary and Martha work of season three, episode dose. I thought we were going to get a self-care horn in there. Oh, I, you know what, honey? I'm trying to drink. I'm trying to hold the microphone. <laughs> Here, here's one for you. 
Ah, so soothing. I remember when we were at an event recently and people were like, wow, Molly, what is this strange app with the air horn? And you were like, she's been using it for like three straight years. Yeah, it's fantastic. (laughs) And if you haven't had this experience in your life, I'm very sorry for you. Anyway, that's our unofficial sponsor, which is the app called InstaRap Airhorn. Get it? Annoy all your friends. Okay, so should we talk about the dairy product in the room? Oh, so this episode, finally, after two long years of the fans clamoring for it, we finally, not face butter. No, 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 no. But we do get butter as lotion. Butter as lotion. Butter as lotion. Yes, yes. It finally... <laughs> oh hell yeah oh man it finally happened big kudos to handmaid's tale writer kira snyder yes who we spoke with last season and she brings back two of our faves in this episode crazy sexy cool martha beth who uh-huh. we last saw trying to make it with nick in the jezebel's basement mm-hmm. and also face butter which we discussed yeah. And so it's very oh, cool to that see is, that. Yeah. That is interesting. I didn't clock that was pesto, Martha. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, like, basically, it was. it's later in the episode when she and June, who I guess we really need to be calling June now because yeah. she is getting placed all over willy-nilly. It's also funny that her name is off Joseph, but she doesn't belong to Joseph Fines anymore. Uh, oh, blah, man. Blah, 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 blah. Hilarious. Anyway. Okay. Let's get into it. We open with one of those patented trademark June monologues. Oh, hold on right quick. The episode is called Mary and Martha. Yeah. Now you are OG Catholic school girl. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, so you probably already knew this, but I had to look it up. And I do think we talk about this when we were talking about Martha name origins. But just we did. to refresh everybody. Mary and Martha comes from the Bible story in the book of Luke. Luke. And it's this story about these two sisters, Mary and Martha. Jesus and his friends come to their house. And Martha. Jesus was such a fucking couch surfer. Oh my gosh. All yeah. that dude did was like show up at your house and be like, hey, what's to eat, man? Well, and this is. Do so- you mind if me and my bros just like chill here for a little while? Yeah, totally. And this is such a shitty. This story makes me so mad because Martha, as soon as she sees guests coming, she does what I think a lot of us would do. And she goes in the kitchen. She starts making hors d'oeuvres. Yep. She starts like frantically cleaning the bathroom like I do. And her sister Mary just chills there with Jesus. Yeah. And in the end, Martha's like, hey, Jesus. Can you tell my sister to help me? And Jesus is like, no, no, no. She's the good one because she sat here and listened to me. Martha, you could be more like Mary. And that is the fucking patriarchy in the story. I'm so mad about it. But how I think this pertains to this episode is I think it shows that Martha's are constantly working. And sometimes the workings of Martha's are to their detriment versus the people who kind of sit still and go with the flow. I read it as Martha's are dope and June's are trifling ass bitches who keep putting their damn noses where they don't belong for the purposes of narrative economy. And I'm not pleased. Either way, my last note on that subject was, lol, the Bible is written by men. I hate it. <laughs> so, But who is supposed to be the Mary? I think the Mary in my reading of it is like, I'm the Mary. <laughs> <laughs> to my mind, the Mary are the people who kind of, sit in Gilead and absorb it, even if they just like are very passive. Whereas the Martha is the active person trying to rage against the machine. I guess I just feel like it's not quite an apt name because we don't see any of those people this episode. This episode is so action packed the whole time. Is the Mary the dead one in the garden? Like that's not her fault. I think maybe Joey Lawrence is trying to get. (laughs) No. (laughs) He's trying to get June to be a Mary in that she sits and kind of bides her time and is not so active. And she's like, nah, I'm going to help quotes around it. These Marthas be active. And he says it's your funeral, but it ends up as usual. The Martha gets in trouble. I want to kick several people in their baby makers <laughs> this episode okay but to that point the first scene that we get is one of these patented yes. june monologues and yep. she talks about how she's very bad at being patient <laughs> yeah. and 
Aunt Lydia was talking about imagine yourself as seeds and, you know, where will you take root and what kind of plant will you be? And she said that Aunt Lydia said not all of us would make it. I was like, "Mm, no, uh, they've all made it. Some of them have come (laughs) back from the colonies. Some of them have been allowed to give a lot more sass. (laughs) A lot of of making it. (laughs) Yeah. People are really doing great as handmaids. It's the opposite of comedians who move to L.A. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not true. Lots of people are very successful. I'm just Uh, making a lull. Anyway, we don't have time for this. She is, you know, kind of opining. That could be a pun if you look really hard about how she just needs to be a tree and be patient and wait. And then she proceeds to do the very opposite of that. Sounds like she was making a tree and leafing. So we get the new walking partner for her. Who is... Probably yet another... Matthew, I believe her yeah. name is. And definitely yet another woman of color that the show will treat as expendable. Baby, <laughs> Just... Just putting that out there. Just, you know. Uh, I do love... Of Matthew Watch 2019. <laughs> I do love the little wink she gives Janine, or the wink that Janine gives her as she's walking. She With her s- good eye. That's right. Yeah, You know, everything's a wink when you only got one <laughs> oh, eye. Oh, no. Um, and so we get sort of a callback to the, like, pious little shit line from the original Off Glen, because Off Matthew seems to be very on the straight and narrow. In fact, she starts gossiping about the Waterfords not realizing well, that and her buddy is that She self-same. does know that. Oh, you think so? Oh, absolutely. Because oh. she is saying, oh, I've been praying for the Waterfords. And what must of Joseph have been thinking, meaning Emily? And so then oh. June says, but I am off Joseph, which is a great callback to the second off Glenn. This is getting real inception Damn. with all these different of fill in the blank that's so interesting I yeah didn't but read so it i thought she was trying to sort of like demonstrate her superiority in some way or just like didn't really know i don't know it seemed to me like she knew that june had been involved with the waterfords in some way there was just something very knowing about what she was saying although that would also have been weird because it would have been june's physical baby but if this person is legitimately bought into gilead uh-huh like she would not have considered that June's baby. Yeah. So I definitely think that could be a possibility or it could be a possibility that she is just gossiping and didn't realize that the person that she's gossiping to is directly involved. Because yeah. certainly that is fodder for gossip either way. Uh, well, and I wonder too, if she even knew who of Joseph was before or that it was a different uh, person. Interessante. It's very confusing. I love that. So the next we get one of my favorite kind of locales is the supermarket. Which they call later Loaves and Fishes. Mm-hmm. They, I'm like, oh my God. From the- There's a lot of really great book treats in this episode. There really is. I like that about it. Except for now we see the supermarket different than we saw in seasons one and two. There are metal detectors now that everybody kind of has to go through. Just like real life. <laughs> And so she makes eye contact with the other handmaid whose name I forget. It's Alma. Ah, Alma. I can't remember what her handmaid name is, Perfect. but she's Alma. She tries to... June... June... Uh, of Robert. Of Robert. Thank you. Uh, Elizabeth Moss is such a good actress, but June is such a bad actress because she's like, LOL, let's go look at the tomatoes. And as she's going, it's such a funny choice. Not she like, real tomatoes, canned tomatoes. <laughs> as she's going, she like half acidly touches a can on the shelf just to make it look real. I cracked up. Well, they were both moving it so they could look at each other, which I no, thought was unnecessary. It wasn't that one. It was okay. as she is going down the line of grocery she goes oh <laughs> well she's one. not even looking at the canned tomato she's like with like the canned fish yeah. which disgusting we do hear another book treat from alma she mm-hmm. says somebody had a baby and it's somebody that i don't think we know but she says that the baby was a shredder which i don't think they've said before the baby was born with its heart outside of its body oh. which is awful i misheard that i thought she said it's hard on the outside I was so confused about what that meant. Heart on the outside. Here we go. Back on track. Here we are. (laughs) They're talking about, you know, the the resistance stuff. Mm -hmm. And Alma says something to the effect of the Marthas don't trust us. And off Joseph, a.k.a. June. We could just call her June. Yeah. 
Well, I'm trying not to call her off-red, but Uh. that's hard. Anyway, she says, who does? And I'm like, bitches, the Marthas are 127% correct not to trust you, especially June. Oh, fuck. Especially June. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know your lives are hard, but you go looking perfectly good escape attempts in the fucking gift mouth. And then you have the audacity, the audacity to come in here. And again, I'm amazed that Alma's even talking to her Mm. because, you know, like people have to know something went down, you know, it's just like, what are you still doing here, bro? I also would love to point out to the listeners, Kelly is really sick. And before we sat down, she's like, I don't know. I don't know how loud I'm going to be this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Proud to announce the Kelly Anakin spirit is indomitable. Listen, I'm drinking some tea with caffeine in it so that I can get through this. Oh, girl. I agree with you. I don't know why June is so oblivious to why the Marthas don't trust them. The next scene is inside the kitchen with the Martha. I believe this is Cora. And she's got some golden beets, which respect. I love a beet. Um, that's not Cora. That's Beth. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. It's, I have, no, like, it's okay. Martha face Cora, blindness. Cora is the one who doesn't have an eye. Ah, uh, that should have been the first and clue. I was surprised to see Beth. I don't know if she was there last season or not, but she was the James Beard Award winning pesto Martha uh, from Jezebel's. Sorry. I thought Kira Snyder said that character's name is Heather. No, it's Beth. Okay. I just don't know why else they would bring her. Do you want to check it now? Are we going to have a fight? I don't want to have a fight. But I feel like that is not the same person. But I just demonstrated to you, I can't tell the Marthas apart. So, okay. you know what? Let's sleeping Martha's lie. I don't see... The show will pull a lot of bullshit, but I don't think they would have a character from Jezebel's be in his house who is named, who's not the same one, who's a cook. I, I must have missed the part where she said she was from Jezebel's. I thought she said, it's a good thing I can cook, otherwise I'd be at Jezebel's. No, she said I would have been upstairs at Jezebel's. Meaning- uh, I see what you mean. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, cool. Good eye. Unlike Cora, am I right? Uh, Rude. Okay. Then I heard a voice, and the line I wrote was, Aunt Lydia, oh shit. I was so happy to see Anne Dowd, like, despite the fact that I think she should not have lived. Because they were like, oh, you know, they're waiting for you in the living room. And in Gilead, this could mean anything. And I'm like, who came to see you? I was expecting the Waterfords. Like, I legitimately was like, when I saw, like, the ham on the cane, I was like, is Serena Joy using a cane now? Like, that's a little extreme. I thought we were going to have to watch a, like like faux ceremony where the I don't remember what Mrs. Lawrence's name is so I've been calling her Bertha Rochester in my notes uh, correct so I thought it was going to be Bertha going I can still do this and her <laughs> and them like humoring her and like pretending to have sex but um, I have so many questions about her well listen you're not the only one I know like at this point I'm like could the show just be about the Lawrences could yeah. we just like be- make it brotherly love I love yeah. that show <laughs> have a garage <laughs> whatever um so it's aunt lydia and i was so excited just like you said i was excited to and see then her. she's like asking you know oh of joseph's fertile window was last week how is the ceremony going and i'm like be a better liar whitford because he's like oh great he uh, said aces. aces look we love a fun dad <laughs> I got several bones to pick with this fun dad. Oh, yeah. He's a very inconsistent fun dad. How would- Sometimes you think it's fun, and then other times he's like, you've been drinking? <laughs> I would love to hear him try to lie about doing the ceremony. Be like, oh, yeah, so much sex. Well, and, like, that's because like we find out like he hates lying. Yeah. Despite the fact that he's doing it. I mean, like I understand hypocrisy is a thing, but it's just like, okay, just because you hate it doesn't mean maybe you shouldn't be a little better at it. Yeah. He uh, was like, oh, we had such good sex. Her breasts were like bags of uh, sand. <laughs> anyway, Whitford takes Bertha Rochester upstairs because she's really not doing well. And this was so interesting to me. My mouth dropped in the Mine next too. scene. I was amazed. So I want to talk about like one line of dialogue in particular. So when Aunt Lydia and June are alone, she kind of inquires after Bertha and says like, if she's not doing good, you can tell me. And she's like, if there's anything untoward, I don't know what she means by that, but she says 
Emily was here for only two days and God knows what he did to her. So this is the line I want to like snort up like Coke and just feel run through my body. I have so many thoughts on this one line alone. Go for That's it. That's what Coke is. It gives you thoughts, right? Yes, sure. actually. <laughs> Not as much as meth. Don't do drugs. So, so much to unpack here. Number one, I, the first note I wrote is like, huh, Emily was only there for two days. And then I wrote, Emily. She didn't call her of Joseph the first. She didn't call her her handmaid's name. She fucking called her by her name. Army hammered that shit. <laughs> that is so significant. Knowing how significant your like real name is. The fact that she flexed that. What do you make of it? I make of it. She has called them by their names before. She called Emily Emily when she had her clitoridectomy done. She's called Janine Janine before. My take is much more that it's like she's like, quote unquote, between assignments. Like she doesn't actually have like because June is now off Joseph. Right. Emily can't be of Joseph. And she doesn't know who owns her now. I guess she's just vaguely Emily of Canada. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's more significance to it than that, because I'm thinking particularly of the scene where she is showing June, after one of her many escape attempts, the driver hanging on the wall. And she said, June did this to him. What is Offred going to do? Okay. So she like really, I think Aunt Lydia is very deliberate. And even in the things that you're citing, when she calls Emily, Emily, after the clitoridectomy, it's in these moments of like terror and and like very pointed use of their real name. So I think that was so interesting that she used that while also kind of she kind of absolves her in this sentence because she's she's kind of putting the blame for Emily turning on Joey Lawrence. But I just like I I appreciate the line, but I'm also just like, I don't know what she's getting at. But again, we have like no answers about the Lawrences and like what their deal is. Right. Even by the end of this episode, like we have more information, but it's just very unclear what that information means. So it's like, it seems clear to me. Aunt Lydia knows something about Joey Lawrence. Mm -hmm. She can't do anything with that information. Mm -hmm. But then when we see her go with june she's basically like oh you know i'd like to see your room and make sure everything's ship shape and then i was like trigger warning aren't these the stairs that you nearly died on and they make a point of that anyway so june's trying to help her and then she like falls and then june's trying to help her up and then she like screams at her this is where my jaw dropped. And she said, I can't believe they took you in again. You should be on the wall. And she cattle prods her. And she says, after you pulled... After what you pulled at the McKenzie's. Which I, I'm not sure I understand. After going to the McKenzie's and trying to <gasps> see slash okay. steal Thank Hannah. You. I yeah. appreciate it. I had forgotten that that was their surname. Thank you. That is so helpful to me. I'm glad we have this discussion. Yeah, so we know... Yeah. like It's unclear what we know Aunt Lydia knows. Aunt Lydia knows... Maybe not that she was trying to escape. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's got to know that Hicole is gone. Yeah. But everybody seems to have put the blame for that Shit. on Emily, right? Wow, yeah. So she knows that June was up to something. Uh -huh. She knows that she went to the McKenzie's. Yeah. Whether she knows the details of the conversation mm. that she had with Mrs. McKenzie or not, Oof. she knows that. She may now know about having gone to meet up with her at snowy time. Holy fuck. I mean, who knows? Time. Like, instead of, like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, it's always <laughs> winter in Gilead. Wow, that's such a good point. And, and what I love about this whole Aunt Lydia scene is that it shows us this duality of character, that she is kind of, to my mind, like, a little bit saying that, like, of course, Emily was corrupted. She was with these bad people. But then also being mad at June, uh -huh. it's like a whiplash, and it's, and it's so very, good. It's oh. very unlike her. Like, when Ugh. we've seen her in the past, she's been very measured about when she deploys That's that fair. nasty side of herself. That's a good point. This is not really an advantageous time for her to do it. And then there's another aunt who just rolls up with a wheelchair. And I'm like, why? If you have to have a wheelchair to get you, like, from the house back to the Rachel and Leah mobile, why did you think you would go up the stairs? Because it takes too long to install one of those things where you, <laughs> you sit and it takes you up the stairs. Believe me, she tried. Yeah, that is very funny. 
Uh, not not funny. It's funny when you are talking about it. It's not <laughs> funny in real life. Oh boy. Yeah. So that happens, and then and then oh god, she leaves, and Joey Lawrence says like the most dad thing possible, which I just was like, Dad. He goes, well, I wonder what the voltage is on one of those things. Yeah, because she's like sitting there like gripping her side, and again, I'm just like I'm so because it's like okay. The indications that we got in the last season were like that he's not on board mm-hmm. with the Gilead thing. But in this episode, we get all these hints. It's like, okay, we're well, at least kind of on board yeah. with some of this. What's your deal, dad? I, yeah, like dad, like there's a lot of like logistical inconsistencies. Dad. Okay. Oh my God. Dad? Dad. Could you please get it together? <laughs> The next scene we have in Canada. Now <gasps> this, I think, is a gorgeously framed shot. Sad Luke. Sad Luke. Sad uh, Luke's back. Such a beautifully framed shot because in the foreground, we have the picture of uh, Luke and Hannah and June. And then off to the right, kind of shadowy, we have a picture of Mr. Waterford. So it's uh-huh. a lovely, like, past present kind of and framing. there is he circled some text there that ah. say what is the significance uh, yes and i wrote it down so he has like a luke has like a dossier on mr waterford at least and there's a headline that gets cut off and i it says ers which i assume is like the end of like leaders or something it says whatever x are quickly rising into power and luke has a sticky note that says what is the purpose but also it's like bud what is the purpose? I mean, if we've learned anything from this episode, <laughs> Luke ain't shit. Aww. Like, I'm very upset with Luke. I I think he's so handsome. He is right. very he does handsome, not have but I do together. not have empathy for him, which we'll get to later. Ooh, I found an Easter egg. Ooh. Uh, okay, so this has been happening since the first season. So I've been listening to the audiobooks of Octavia E. Butler's Parable of the Sower and Parable Ooh, of the Talents. Baby. And there is a character in it named Ben Cole. <gasps> and yeah so my my guess here and i won't go into the significance of the character in the books because i don't want to spoil anything for anybody but it like it makes a lot of sense Holy like cow. the parallels between luke and this guy so my guess is whoever like came up with that last name is a big octavia e butler fan and like had not ever heard it said out loud so that's why his last name is ban cole that's yeah, so cool because it's actually it's like a traditionally african last name oh yeah. fuck me up that's so anyway, amazing uh hat tip to whatever writer in the writer's room made that happen very cool yes. i'm glad that i get it now i'm so glad too thank you for pointing it out that's really neat that's so cool i love finding shit like that he's drinking a green beer which i'm not up on my uh, heineken See, I thought it was that unless it's canadian it could be something else yeah so i it's I, heineken eh i wrote down Heineken to begin with, but when he puts it down on the table, there is a, a label that ends with O U L S. So, it's, but it's also not Oduls, which oh is a non-alcoholic gosh. beer. So embarrassing. It's something. So Canadian redheads, let us know what kind of beer you think this is. It could just be like you know, faux beer. <laughs> okay, and he's on the phone with somebody who is from the national insurance application. I don't quite know what to make of this interaction, except for that. I think what you're supposed to get is like Luke is obsessed with this sort of Waterford problem, and he's like drinking during the day. And I don't know about y'all, but Canada is not New Orleans. You can't just be sitting out <laughs> outside drinking. I think at he, was 3 on, o'clock. he was on like his patio. Okay. You can drink literally anytime, Molly. Well, great news. You can drink at 6 a.m. <laughs> as long as you don't get caught. Don't get caught. <laughs> oh, boy. But I think you are. I think you're supposed to get that there's something going on. And I, I didn't clock it so much here. I mean, it's very clear because when he goes inside, Moira's trying to, like, get him to do basically anything. <laughs> and he just, like, refuses to engage with Hickle, who Moira is so cute with. Oh, Moira is so cute with her. And shh is there. <laughs> I wrote shh is talking up a storm. She talks so much. We don't have to change her name. And Never. she tells Luke that she wants uh, green on. No, not green. On- yeah. She wants chives, not green onions. Which I have made that mistake before several times. In what way? In that I've bought one or the other when I met the other I one. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to grow some chives. Well, they're um, uh-huh. they're not doing well. Oh. <laughs> we'll check back. Chive Watch 2019 <laughs> is in effect. So um, so they're living a real threes company situation all together taking care of this well, baby. And is Emily staying with them? 
No, because okay, they she's said- just coming over for dinner mm-hmm. because Moira brings it up. And as soon as actually shh, is the one who brings it up okay. because she's like, Emily and Luke's just like, oh, my God, when is she going to like call her wife? And Moira's like, dude, yeah, shut it down. Like everybody everybody responds differently. And this is the beginning of my irritation with Luke. These are three women who've all been systematically raped. I don't remember if she was or not, but like she was on that path. Yeah. Traumatized to the point of not speaking. Yeah. And Luke uh, Mm. got out of Gilead. Yeah. Luke's worst thing. And, you know, it's still worse than my worst day. But Luke got, like, beaten up by soldiers a little bit and then had a stressful escape time. Yeah. You know, it just, it just not to play Trauma Olympics, but... I think we can absolutely play Trauma Olympics here. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It just doesn't compare. And he's being really... He's dealing with... He's having a hard time dealing with it. Well, he's also having a hard time dealing with, like, the fact of Hickle. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be a really hard thing to deal with under yeah. any circumstances but she's like okay cool um my wife's baby that she didn't have with me is Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and how like the baby probably you know looks somewhat like june looks nothing like him still reminds him of hannah yeah like you know there's a lot going on still no reason yeah uh to be a grade a jerk like this yeah totally the next scene is Emily's cartilage piercing healing. Who listen, I had a horrible keloid on my oh. cartilage piercing in college and the very nice lesbian who worked at the front <laughs> desk of the writing center where I worked had to help me like get the earring out. It was gnarly. Yikes. So you could empathize. I could. This. this looks much worse. <laughs> this is this is not a keloid. This is like we had to rip this thing out of your ear. <laughs> That's the official sound of Handmaid's Tale season. Um, that sound again is um so i love here when emily's kind of doctor splaining things she's like it's impossible to do a half loop touch stitch on low velocity rayon (laughs) but in doctor yes um and i kept thinking like oh shit be careful doctor you know her type is (gasps) obgyn no that's moira oh that's moira darn it Uh, hashtag not all lesbians molly (laughs) i'm having a hard time keeping everyone together in my mind it's almost like it's almost like they made too many seasons of this show. <laughs> Hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of God. <laughs> this, I was furious with this line. I don't know why it made me so mad. She says, okay, you're good. You're good. Good. Also, watch that cholesterol. Bitch, watch that cholesterol. I was also upset less with fat and more with you can handle it with diet and exercise because I'm like, that is some fat phobic Dr. Ash shit. I do not have time for this. Again, just to point out, ain't no fat handmaids up in here. Okay? There's no fat women on this show. How dare you be that irresponsible? Also, bitch, she survived trauma. You let that woman eat ice cream through her eyeballs if it makes her feel better. And as we find out later, she's a vegetarian anyway. And she's like, oh, like I was eating all of this meat and butter and Gilead. Like it's going to take care of itself right away. (sighs) She didn't need this. She She did not need this this. from you. And I didn't need it. It put me right off my hamburger. (laughs) Oh, honey, did you finish it? (laughs) Baby, you know I did. I persevered. (laughs) Um, So I was mad about that. The next is someone's in the kitchen with Martha's. Um. One quick thing. This has nothing to do with the scene, but I felt like the wallpaper at the Lawrence's house looks a lot like the Rachel and Leah Center Fertility Symbol, which apparently was like ripped off from somebody. Yeah, but it's it's that very like fallopian tube-esque <laughs> kind of opening. Hopefully. So uh, keep an eye out for the uh, symbolic wallpapers. I love that. I love a symbolic Come wallpaper. Come for the swears. Stay for the symbolic <laughs> wallpapers. It's the red all over promise. <laughs> uh, so then now we get the scene in the kitchen with a uh, new Martha. And yeah, they're helping... So yeah, and they like they were all talking, then June came in and they all stopped talking. And action June, there is no more passive June. It's just yeah. action June all the time. Yeah. And she is being real sassy for somebody who Ooh. just got cattle prodded. I know. Like, I'm like, okay, like, do you want to live to to see yeah. your daughter out of Gilead or yeah. not? But she's just like, Hey, there's a new handmaid in town. I'm in charge of you Martha's now. And like, none of them 
is like, hey, remember when we tried to help you escape, you dumb, see you next Tuesday? Maybe yeah. they don't know about that, but I feel like that would have like spread like wildfire yeah. through the Martha Network and be like, this one's unreliable. Don't <laughs> yeah. trust this one. I agree. I I wish they had been sassier. I missed And it was like, brutal. at first it was very unclear to me, like what was going on with them. And I don't know if that was by design or what, because they, they were talking about like getting rid of like message, like they pass on messages and things like that, but they don't move people. And then I was like, what is happening? Like, I thought this was like a third Martha who was like part of the household. Yeah. This, until Whitford comes in. This scene was really hard on my Martha blindness. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I yeah. have no idea who anybody was this entire that, scene. That is by design, though, because they say later that they're supposed to be invisible. Yep. Yep. Was working on me. <laughs> then Whitford comes in and is like, your kids, keep it down. Uh, <laughs> where he actually gets mad and goes Watching to- your damn MTV. Ew, kids. <laughs> He says he's going to get a guardian to take Allison. Allison's the third one. Oh, geez. Allison don't know any. Yeah, of these Allison's women. the one that they're trying to help escape. Who's a science teacher? Okay, okay, okay. Cora, one eye. Yeah, Beth definitely gave Nick multiple blowies. Ooh, she's my fave. I gotta write that fanfic. Like, I just was so thrilled, and I was so I was devastated because I couldn't remember her name, and then later Whitford yells Beth. <laughs> Okay, Allison is the chemistry teacher? She's the refugee Martha. Okay. Who's like trying to go wherever. They're moving Allison. Cora lives at Whitford's. Yeah. Beth also now lives at Whitford's, even though I'm pretty sure he only had one Martha. I believe she was that. She was that Martha. Mm -hmm. And and like they had like a real jocular ass relationship, which does not seem to have carried over to this episode. It does not. Because he's real mad at her most of the time. Yeah, what's the deal? Anyway. We thought you were cool, Joey. Oh, gosh. This is like when your cool dad says you can drink in the house and then gets mad at you for drinking in the house. Uh-huh. Uh, not it's that that ever like, happened to me. Whoa. <laughs> June has her tete-a-tete with fun dad and is like, dad, come on. These are my friends. Let them stay. And this is a weird exchange. Yeah, it's so weird. Honestly, this gave me... Uh, oscar bluth feels when, when she's like you you don't help strangers but you help me you don't know me and he was like is that what you think and it was like la, la, la. yeah <laughs> i don't know what the hell that's supposed to mean there's but, always money in the banana stand like may- what we're talking about allison dude what is happening maybe your father is here <laughs> try <laughs> to stay in the present it was really weird um what do you think he means by that i don't know all i want all i want out of whitford and bertha rochester in this season <laughs> is that they have like fun hot tub night with chris Ooh. maloney Ooh. and oh shoot what's her name uh, i don't know face transplant lady from twilight <laughs> Okay, in Twilight, she didn't get a face transplant. She got a face transplant in Grey's Anatomy, and I will forever know her. Wow. Any whizzle. That woman, I don't know that. Elizabeth Reeser. Okay. I kept wanting to call her Esme because that's her name in Twilight. Okay, and I kept wanting to call her face transplant because that's her name in Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) At Um, any rate, I I just need for all of them to be in a hot tub being like, we didn't think Gilead was going to be like this. I agree. More hot tubs. They're drinking like, you know, Serena Joy's skinny Chardonnay that oh. she bottles. Oh, God. Now, listen, everybody made fun of me now for wanting... Now less pinky. <laughs> everybody made fun of me for wanting the Handmaid's Tale wine. But you know what? Still want it. Still want it. That's just a fact. So when June comes back from kind of convincing Fun Dad that her friends can stay, one of the myriad of Martha's... Beth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is like when Mitch introduces me to his work friends. I'm like, all right, you teeming mass of faces. Could have been anyone. I want to make now like a Martha guess who for you. Oh my God, I would not do well. I would do so poorly. So one of them asserts that uh, maybe June gave Fun Dad a blowy. And she says very sassily. Yeah, it was a Red Center special. (gasps) Oh my God. I loved it so hard. I was like, oh my gosh, look, keep the jokes about sex jobs coming. Sex jobs. <laughs> I love to do a sex job with my boyfriend on Vandaline's Day. Vandaline's <laughs> Day. Um, I couldn't I couldn't laugh as hard at that line as I wanted to because I was 
dying laughing at the next line, the next sass, when she's talking to the chemistry professor, Martha, and she goes, come on, Breaking Bad. Oh, shit. Wait a minute. I die. I missed that completely. Are you kidding me? That is so funny. Okay, because this caught me right at the nexus of Red Center Special. You know I love a blowjob or a euphemism for a blowjob. Oh, okay. Then that was the point where I saw her face and I was like, wait a minute. Here's the line that I wrote. Oh, is this my favorite Martha? Uh, okay, so you were distracted, but she I calls was very her distracted. Breaking Bad, which I think is hilarious. So we know that this takes place in a post-Breaking Bad world. Which makes sense, because yeah. everything is stressful to me. <laughs> I just want... I just want Alfred, June... I just want June to go, like, full Jesse Pinkman and be like, Yo, Commander Whiteford! <laughs> yeah, bitch! Science! <laughs> I also hope Bob Odenkirk shows up, just because I have, like, a real weird late-in-life crush on Bob That's Odenkirk. That's really interesting. I'm into it, man. He's a Scorpio. Oh, uh, never it. mind. He's never magnetic. Mind. <laughs> never mind. Oh, too late now. Uh, oh, mind. he heard you. So He heard you with his nethers. G- <laughs> <laughs> fun. We have so much fun here. June kind of earns her place with the Marthas a tiny bit because she talked to Fun Dad and they can help one of those ladies escape. It's Breaking Bad. It's Allison. Okay, they're helping Walter White escape. Um, And the next scene is they have her dressed, not her, uh, June dressed up as a Martha walking through town. This is the shot from... Yes. That basically, like, they played it as the teaser for the uh-huh. the teaser that played during the Super Bowl. Yes. And then we watched the teaser from the Super Bowl and we were like, where? What's going where on? Where's that? Where's the part where she was dressed as a Martha? Yep. It's now. This also reminds me a lot of when I used to not pay for Muni and just be really nervous all the time. <laughs> Always pay for Muni kids. Yeah, they, definitely they deserve do because I one time got very high and decided to, like, play Titanic on the Muni and not pay for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, it's what I say. Oh, oh you Jack Dawson did. Yeah, I Jack yeah, yeah. Dawson did. Okay. And, although he had a ticket for the Titanic. Oh, okay. He just won it in, yeah, a, yeah. in a poker game. Okay. But anyway, I just always call slumming Titanicing mm. things. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Uh, anyway, and we definitely got caught. And like the guy I was with was like, no, we can fight this. I was like, dude, I'm not going to fight this. Yeah. Like I'm clearly in the wrong here. Yeah. I can obviously afford $2. So they're walking through a district that June says she never gets to see. They've got that great line about Gilead is green, but they still like their dry cleaning. Which LOL. is great. But she's like, oh, handmaids aren't allowed here. And I'm like, uh-huh. So what about <laughs> what about good old radioactive one-eyed Janine? What about her? Because she is definitely still in the mix. Oh, but don't let her near the laundry. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. She's fine from all that radioactive waste. I'm sure that her, you know, contaminated pussy isn't doing any harm to her commander. Oh, God, that's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah, just this is the thing. Like inconsistent world building is so easy to not do, oh, and I mean so it dumb. may be you know kind of part of the the issue is like oh like this is episodic television. We got to like ram some of this stuff through, but it's like come on, all you had to do was not draw attention to it. Exactly. Like oh, I guess <laughs> no, or like have a whole gaggle of handmaids down there. Like oh, I guess they started letting them in <sighs> now that they brought all those bitches back from the colonies. It's so silly. Marissa Tomei died for your sins, Bruce Miller. (laughs) I know people get mad at us for like backseat show running, but come on, that's sloppy. It's Uh, so sloppy. Anyway. It's as sloppy as the Red Center special. Because you know sex should only be for procreation, BB. (laughs) (laughs) So as they drop Breaking Bad off at the rendezvous point, we get to hear for the first time what the Marthas sign off to each other is. And it's, here we go, God bless our labors. And the answer to that is, through work, we're cleansed. Now, what does this remind you of? Oh, gosh, that's Auschwitz, isn't it? Oh, yeah, baby. I love that. Oh, boy. I sure love that the framers of Gilead were like, you know who had some great ideas? (laughs) The German fascists. Yeah, the Uh, Nazis. Just in case you are behind on your WW2 lore, there was a sign (laughs) above (laughs) the concentration camp Auschwitz that says work sets you free in German. So uh, I feel like that's a definite nod there. So June asks the Martha that she's with. Beth! 
Okay. My favorite Martha. Okay. It's like my favorite Martian. <laughs> but it's Beth. <laughs> so she asked Beth. Um, you if- know what? Here's how you can remember. Beth is the besto who make uh, the pesto. Oh, you know, very helpful. Thank you. So she asked Beth where Breaking Bad is going. Uh, and she said she's not escaping to Canada. She's going deeper in. And, and this all comes about because this is where she's made reference to being at Jezebel's. June says, oh, did you know Moira? She called herself Ruby. Mm. And she says, yes. And then June says, well, Moira made it to Canada. Uh. And then that's when Beth, who's the besto, who make it the pesto, okay, helpful, says, helpful. oh, she's not going to Canada. She's going deeper into Gilead. Because she makes bombs. She makes bombs. And she had made the bomb that off Glen 2 electric boogaloo uh, interesting war okay. when she went into the rachel and leah center this i feel like there's too many things to know on this show there's a lot to juggle <laughs> there's a lot to juggle anyway and i just love this line because beth just goes oh yeah so you've seen her work <laughs> <laughs> and very funny lots of lols this episode oh, man we're all having a great time in gilead so the next scene is in a playground in little america and rory is sitting there um, and I got to give it up to the sound team for this one because they inserted uh, my favorite bit of background Foley, which is, yes, honey, I see you. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. <laughs> which is such a like assorted playground sound thing. I thought that was so funny. God, can you imagine being the mom of a kid who like finally escaped Gilead, got to Canada, is living in little America, and that kid just will not let you have a moment's peace. I'm You're right. on the phone trying to get your national insurance all sorted <laughs> relatable content that's what i'm saying i'm gonna like record that fully and play it anytime mitch wants to show me a youtube video <laughs> yeah i see you <laughs> yeah it's just her being sad and walking away right yeah because then i think we cut to the dinner at three's company <laughs> yeah at the three's company house uh, and knock on a door <laughs> gilead traumatized you <laughs> So they're all having dinner and they're kind of chatting about dietary restrictions. And Luke, from the second he comes in frame, I'm like, Luke, you've had enough. Ooh, he is. He's so drunk. Luke is serving the My Mom special, which is drunk on white wine before seven o'clock. And like everybody else is like, dude, because he's so. I. I don't know why, like, I don't know if it's like, like he, they are being responsible for her in some way, but he keeps being like, oh, your wife is your wife vegetarian. Well, I get why he explains why it bothers or Moira explains why it bothers him. I mean, yeah, but like also like, why is he being like this right now? Oh, okay. Wait. I did realize this when I was watching it is that he wouldn't want June to be there and not immediately be like, hey, Luke. They say, yeah, and Moira says that explicitly yeah. to her because, and he's doing stuff that's like uh, passive aggressive. If he wasn't super wasted, mm-hmm. this could be fine. Yes. It's the problem that he's so wasted that yeah. like the gaping maw of insecurity that is just below the drunkenness yeah. is so obvious and making everybody so uncomfortable. And it's once really again, Shh, cooked this beautiful meal. Yep. Which. Luke does correctly point out she could have just used the green tops from the green onions, but he True. brought her the chives like he was supposed to. Accurate. And we find out that Emily used to be a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. June was not a big red meat person. And they talk about, oh, you know. Meatless Monday. Yeah, Meatless Monday. And then I forget if like Moira was saying this or who was saying it was like, oh, you know, like she's Moira. choosing the menu and then you have to cook it. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I'm not sure what the end game is here, anybody. So everybody kind of has this awkward exchange. They send Luke off. Emily is upset. And Moira says, I think is a lovely line. She goes, there's no happily ever after, just after. Yeah. And that's like, ooh, shit. Well, because she says, like, you know, it may, you know, these reunifications don't go the way that you want them to go all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, how do you... <laughs> How do you meet your beautiful butch wife played mm. by Clea Duvall, mm. the butch's butch, mm. and be like, hey, um, so since the last time I saw you before we were forcibly ripped apart in that airport, I got involved with the Gilead resistance. I don't get too excited because they took my clitoris. Yeah, I know. You loved it. I loved it, too. 
Uh, I killed a guy. They sent me to a radioactive place, and it doesn't seem like it's had any ill effects, but maybe that's what's behind my cholesterol. I don't know. That doctor was real fat, Jamie. But it's it's important to bring that up because yeah. there, I think, you know, it would be so reductive to think that like, oh, you just want to see your family again. Whereas one of the writers of this TV show we talked to said that they studied uh-huh. how refugee children are reunited with their parents yeah. and sort of how that takes into effect. So well, I'm really excited. that they don't even really bring up i think because luke is just like your wife your wife your wife but it's like okay yes her wife but also little oliver you got a kid you know it's been a couple years and Mm -hmm. it's just like god only knows how he's reacted to all of this and then to like reintroduce a parent after this time apart when that parent has been so traumatized like i'm excited to see this when it happens but it's gonna be a real tearjerker oh yeah i mean i'll be totally transparent if this whole episode had just been alexis bladell dealing with i would have been super here for it just like bottle episode of alexis bladell looking like forlorn oh give her another emmy people because like great she didn't even have anything to do this episode but she was so great the next scene is the kitchen of (sighs) sorry i forgot one point i wanted to make because Emily says something to the effect of June's stronger than me. And I raised several eyebrows (laughs) and I wrote in my notes, Emily greater than sign June. Like agreed. June, June is by accident. Yeah. Emily was very deliberate from the beginning of Gilead that she was like, I'm not going to go down without a fight. So the next we're back at the Lawrence house. We're in the kitchen. They're kind of making dinner, blah, blah, blah. Uh Oh, Allison. Good job! <laughs> Has been shot and is shepherded into the kitchen by Cora? No. Okay. This is not your fault. Ugh. Two things. Allison was not shot. Allison is unharmed. Damn it. It's her Martha escort who was shot. Aww. I don't know what that Martha's name is. Let's call her Bernice. Okay. So Bernice has been shot. And Martha's and June, who's still hanging out with them for some reason, they're like, oh, what are we going to do? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We can definitely, in this house, sneak these people into the basement. And Joey Lawrence won't notice. Incorrect. Joey Lawrence sees all. Joey Lawrence knows all. Mm -hmm. You can't pull one over on the dad, Joey Lawrence. Mm -hmm. You know who was hot? was Matthew Lawrence, who was on Boy Meets World, as I believe he was there as Ryder Strong's brother, Sean. Yes, Uh uh-huh. From a different (sighs) marriage. (sighs) Anyway. Same dad, I believe. It was the same dad, Mm -hmm. Chet. Mm-hmm. Why do I know that? Why is that in my brain? Because uh, the one where he comes back as an RV ghost is like one of the best Boy Meets World okay. episodes. Oh, man. You know what we should do? Yeah. After the season of The Handmaid's Tale is over. Tell me, baby. We should rewatch like that perfect middle section of Boy Meets World where things were so tasty and good. This is where I differ from you. I freaking love college Boy Meets World. I do, too. Oh, babe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway. <sighs> Put a pin in it. All right. We'll come back to that. So as they're going downstairs, she leaves a bloody handprint on the wall and the guardians are coming to the door. Mr. Lawrence is coming down. Uh-oh. <laughs> is this the Dukes of Hazard? Like, I just feel like every episode is like that Patton Oswalt bit about the Dukes of Hazard, where it's like, oh, here's another bucket of syrup. How are they going to get out of this one? Because like... They are saved in part by Mrs. Lawrence's quick thinking. And I have so many questions. Bertha Rochester in this episode is me. Every time the cops would come to a party in college, I would just get my shit together instantly and be like, what's up? Hi, did anyone offer you a beverage? Here, come in here. Don't look at these minors drinking. (laughs) Basically the same thing. Whitford is understandably pretty pissed. Mm -hmm. And they get Bernice and Allison into the basement and Mrs. Lawrence comes down and she like shepherds all the guardians into the sitting room. And she's like doing that thing. She's like, did he even offer you something to drink? Come on, come on, come on. And so she comes and asks June to help her. And then I think it's Cora. I know you're no help on this one. I'm pretty sure Beth is in the basement. Cora was in the conservatory with yes. the lead pipe. <laughs> Bertha Rochester says, hey, Cora, clean that shit up. Meaning the bloody handprint that Jean yeah. was like futilely trying to scrub away. Which, hot tip, a Mr. Clean magic eraser gets it right off. <laughs> you know they don't have that shit in Gilead? Oh, I bet they do. He has the wrong ear pierced. Of clean? <laughs> Come on. 
So she kind of handles shit and they go down to the basement. Then they're pulling a reel, that part in Sound of Music when the flashlights are going in the graveyard. Yes. And so these guardians did a real bad job. Such a bad job. I'm like, how? Oh, my God. How is this government even functioning when you're like stormtroopers can't even fucking be bothered to go, go down the stairs? No, man. If we can't see also, it from the if window. she left the bloody handprint on the wall, isn't there a trail of blood probably going down this? Anyway. Oh, boy. Who are we to impose narrative logic on this episode of The Handmaid's Tale? So then they're down there and they're trying to keep Bernice from screaming in pain. She does a very bad job of that. And yet they still don't get caught. And then it's this whole thing where like Allison is supposed to go so she can get out again. Blah, blah, blah. And then June is just like, oh, you know, if you don't go, then this is all for nothing. I'm like, oh. Oh, now you care about wait, shipping wait, for wait, wait. nothing? Sorry, 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 sorry. Allison is Breaking Bad? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So Allison's supposed to go wherever the hell she was supposed to be going. All right. Sorry. Please continue. And then she so, she's having so a freak out. Bernice was her escort. Bernice was her escort. And so, okay. And, and she was probably her escort supposed to take her to the next location. Yeah. At some point in that transit, she got shot. So. This is the dumb part. So Allison Just now? then had to take her fucking on the subway back through town, back to the Lawrence's houses. Right. Laud. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. Well, uh, we'll let that go. What I will not let go. June, you know what else was for nothing? Trying to get you out of Gilead. Lord. And I'm like, are you just like enacting your guilt at screwing over all these Marthas by like kind of, kind of helping them? I think so. And of course, one of the Marthas dies. It's Bernice. Bernice dies. Joey Lawrence comes downstairs and says the fucking daddiest of dad lines. And as soon as he opened his mouth, I'm like, Jesus Christ, he's going to say it, isn't he? It's not your funeral. I guess it was hers. I'm like, I'm still not sure what you meant in the first place, dude. This is a lot more literal than I was expecting. Then he pulls the ultimate dad move uh, where like if your dad catches you smoking cigarettes, he makes you smoke the whole pack of cigarettes. Uh, If your dad catches you killing someone in the basement, he makes you (laughs) dig a grave for them at night with no help. That scene was so boring. I kind of liked it. And I think that scene with her digging was shot really beautifully because it switches perspective so much from June's first person digging to a really voyeuristic angle where like the bushes are in focus so it's like the camera and us are like peeking out of the bushes it was very dark so i could not see you know what i watched on my laptop instead of the tv and that i also watched on my laptop and on the tv and my brightness was all the way up so i don't know what to do well, I liked the I liked that scene and I like something I think we should pay attention to is that this is sort of the second handmade funeral we've seen. And to sort of contrast this, that is a Martha that she's burying. Oh, okay, fine. This is like the second, let's say, sorry, the second Gilead funeral okay. we've seen. And so the first one being all of the handmaids in their goth outfits, very ritualistically saying the Gilead prayers as they're laying someone to bed. Very clean. The snow is white. Everything is nice. Versus this one where June is dirty and sweaty and she's praying, we presume, prayers that are special to her and not special to Gilead. And I just thought that was a really it's beautiful... A colonies funeral out here. Yeah. That's a good point, too, because think- it does remind me of the colonies Did they funeral. bury somebody in the colonies? Yeah, they, they did. did. Don't ask me that person's name. He was Marissa Tomei. Or was no, it that lesbian it who was had that the- wedding? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, you mean Ellen DeGeneres? <laughs> <laughs> no, Portia de Rossi. Okay. <laughs> So, yeah. So, and then I wrote, everyone in Gilead takes a leisurely grief bath. (laughs) And then, gang, we get what we have worked two seasons to achieve. It finally happened. It finally happened. You did it. You did it, everybody. We did it. We have done so much as an influencer community. We got Josie and the Pussycats on Spotify, and we got them to mention body butter in this show. As lotion. So she... Just... 
Beth brings in, I don't know, some like quinine or something. I don't know what you do for a cut in Gilead. Uh, Mercurochrome. olive oil. I don't know. So she's like, here, like clean this up for your hands. And she's like, when it heals, you can use butter. It's what we used to keep our hands soft. Mm -hmm. And I texted you at that point. And Mm -hmm. I was like, did you watch that episode yet? Mm -hmm. Freaking out. So, oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Kira Snyder and the staff of The Handmaid's Mm. Tale. Even you, Bruce. Even you, Bruce. You were there too. It was just such a great victory for us. And what a great book nod. Then the next scene is in Canada. And the first line I wrote is, fuck, I love babies and their perfect round heads. And I feel so bad for Nicole. Like, she yeah. just wants to live in a drama-free home. Mm. And it is just not in the cards for her. Honestly, same. Very and relatable. just live. Oh, so she is crying in the night. And Luke gets up to pick her up. And Moira gets up as well. Luke is kind of saying to Moira, like, man, you really got your shit together. It's like, yeah, you think? And, but she's too nice to him. She's like, oh, you think I have my shit together? <laughs> I have my shit together so much like I'm up with a baby? I'm like, yeah, I do think that. My favorite thing is talking about sexual stuff to a baby in a baby voice. So they don't know you're talking about sexual stuff. It was weird. <laughs> I thought it was cute. <laughs> and then he is kind of warming into taking care of Nicole in this Thank scene. Thank God. Like, yeah. it's not appropriate to let Shh and Moira take care of everything. Agreed. But then the other note I wrote is, who the fuck has a baby I can hold? I need to hold one. <laughs> so if anybody's got a baby i can hold hit yeah me i think that that real sweaty uh request will get you a lot of babies oh, yeah buddy i'll hold <laughs> everyone's baby i don't give a fuck i guess things are fine at the joey Lawrence's. Lawrence home and i think we're meant to see this scene we could look at the scene as a parallel between all the times we've seen serena joy in her garden which is very i agree pristine that was my first thought was like oh very like elegant and then we see Bertha Rochester in the garden, like, and it's dirty and it's scrubby, yeah. but she's trying. But I'll tell you what, she's really doing uh, June a solid by planting Ooh. some plants on top of that dead body. Be like, no, this has always been here. I'm just a mm-hmm. bad gardener. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then this pan, I wasn't sure how far down they were going to go with it. Cause no, I know. I was like, are they going to show us her face? Like, oh, my God. That is dark. so weird. Uh, I'm glad they didn't. This is a very cute scene where June is walking with her new walking buddy to the store. And she really gives her like some good snarky line about how one of the handmaids died from getting hit by a car. And she goes, it was so weird. Her shopping partner just pushed her into traffic. It's like, it would be a shame if something happened to you. Yeah. I then like it. We get, I loved these closing scenes here. They had <sighs> Alexis Bledel at the eye doctor. And they're saying, better, worse. Better, worse. I love this. This is exactly how I feel at the eye doctor. <laughs> All the time. I'm like, I don't know. I'm so traumatized. I found that to be a little heavy handed. Like, I can Well, hear- I found the pushing your partner in front of a truck very heavy handed, but I See, didn't comment on it. Coexist. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I feel like there's a bumper sticker in Gilead that says coexist, but like everything is a cross. <laughs> everything is the same. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, it's very, it looks like a lot of T's, to be honest. It doesn't really spell what you think it should spell. Yeah, that's how we spell coexist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the women can understand what it means. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was also thinking, too, like how upsetting is it that like she's needed glasses this whole time and right? hasn't had any like that's so crappy i was and so upset i was so upset that i was like they better have been giving her some contact lenses i don't think so i, I know think it, like, like i don't think so either but it makes me like my eyesight is so bad that like if i didn't have them oh. yeah well i think it's interesting too i mean and it genuinely hats off to her for accomplishing everything she could like in a slightly blurry yeah. vision. That's like how I felt when uh, I realized in Game of Thrones that Brienne of Tarth has been doing all this stuff without wearing a bra this whole time. Yeah. I was like, God oh, damn. damn. Oh, man. So then my next note is all caps clear. After she gets her glasses, Emily finally has the stones <laughs> to call Clea Duval, whose yeah. number she's gotten somehow. One question I have. This is more world building. Whoopsies. So sorry, everybody. Do you think you're going to get through this with no more whoopsies? <laughs> Remember how Luke got this like text message when Moira got there and he ran over immediately to get her? Yeah. Wouldn't uh, Clea have had that for her, oh, I don't know, wife? So what I would bet is that if you are the person returning, you can opt in to whether you want to let your people know. I don't. But Moira was surprised. 
Moira oh, was yeah. extremely surprised. Right, then you're right. Luke this had is... like Luke had added her to his list unbeknownst to then her. Then this is shoddy world building. Yeah, because it is very clear that Clay Duval had no idea that she was back because she oh. stops her car in traffic. I want to know more about Clay Duval. Is she an Uber driver? I don't know why that was my first thought too, but I don't know. That doesn't make sense that that would be our first thoughts because she could just be driving a car. I know, I know, but I'm like, oh, clearly this is her hustle. This is her like refugee hustle. She's like driving an Uber. It's so weird that we both thought that. We've been living in the city too long. And, well, but then though, I freaked out because like I can't enjoy anything on this show without immediately being like, something terrible is about to happen because it's like they give you that aerial shot of her car like pulled over on the side and then like there was like a truck unloading some people like oh move your car and i was like oh did she get in a, in a wreck is that an ambulance but it wasn't i'm pretty sure i no, think she's fine she's fine she just stopped because her wife called her yeah and i, I gotta cried. i gotta hand it to them there were no goofy ass music cues this i know week. i was nervous I, had- I cried and to say i cried is a huge feat because i was like real cried out from the amanda palmer concert yeah. i saw last night and i still just wept at this so really great ending what a I cool episode cannot wait to see what happens when they reunite oh but i'm so excited and so hopeful i feel good i'm ready to go i have a question yeah this is a silly question <laughs> you flip to a blank page in your book <laughs> shh <laughs> hey make like shh and shh <laughs> So, okay, so we know that Beth was at Jezebel's. So I'm assuming there's just like the one Jezebel's in the greater Boston metro area, right? Sure, sure, sure. But also, like, is Jezebel's a chain? (laughs) Like, do they have a Jezebel's in every town? Or is it like competing chains? It's owned by Kinja. (laughs) (laughs) No, Kinja is the commenting system. (laughs) I forget who they're owned by, but it's not that guy that Peter feels... people ruined nobody like is there other are there other like brothels like that are competitors like whores of babylon or rahab's in like i forgot to say those before i couldn't let all those great bible jokes very good pass unuttered solid jokes i personally like to go to the whale's belly <laughs> just that is just a, a brothel inside of a real whale that was such a dumb joke on top of all your nice jokes i apologize all right oh well- you mean monsters <laughs> that's my girl saving me <laughs> when i don't deserve to be saved all right everybody thanks for listening take care of yourselves take care of your girlfriends and no lite te bastardes carborundorum dum 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 dum